an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Reverse two-hand dunk for 41 points, Trey Murphy. With style, Trey Murphy giving him the Oprah game. You get a bucket and you get a bucket. He did it with panache. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the starry-eyed Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, we are uh, we are continuing our series of player wrap-ups, sort of uh, player profiles as this season has ended. We're, we're looking at the squad and, and who got us here and, and what we can expect going forward. Today, we're going to be doing Trey Murphy, but we're going to continue this series as we go on in the week. Yes, week two is going to be kind of the second unit or what we thought was going to be the second unit going into the season. Again, I reiterate that the player recaps are going to be on guys that played at least 900 minutes or more, um, with Zion being the guy that played at 900 plus. Everybody else played more than that among the group of players that we're going to cover. Trey Murphy today, like you said, Jose Alvarado on Tuesday, Larry Nance Jr. Wednesday, Najee Marshall Thursday, and then wrapping it up on Friday with Dyson Daniels. So, we're going through, um, you know, some of the guys that were key elements of the uh, second string. Although Trey Murphy ended up starting yeah. the vast majority of his games that he played in, he actually didn't even come off the bench very much. Yeah, it's almost weird to have him in this uh, second week because he started so many games. Uh, one could almost—it's almost odd that he is not uh, above Zion, I guess, in the order of things. But we had to go with our uh, initial what was supposed to be starting five here. Trey got uh, sort of hoisted into the starting lineup and and the great thing about it was he didn't wither in the spotlight he shined this season and I think uh you know even even some of the most uh, optimistic of us I think we were surprised by Trey Murphy's ascendance yes and I think in his exit interview even he sounded a little bit surprised I don't know if surprise is the right word way to put it but he just I don't know if he necessarily went into the season expecting to 
make the impact that he did. Well, when I mean, you grow a million inches in a couple years and then you're having to get stronger with your new body, it's kind of sure. hard to predict how you're going to adjust. Mm -hmm. And when you're finding these new aspects of your game with a now seven foot one wingspan, I'm sure it's hard to predict what you're going to be good at so early. But man, did he uh, did he fly through the uh, process? Yeah, I think he had kind of some exponential growth, not just physically, but just also the kind of player yeah. he was on the court. It seemed like, you know, as his confidence grew and as he had games where he made nine three pointers, then all of a sudden he's making 10 for 12 against the Clippers. It just seemed like what he was capable of, I think, in his own head kept kept expanding yeah. to the point where by the end of the year, I mean, he was so confident in his shot and he should be. I mean, we watch him in yeah. the practice gym make like 15 threes in a row from 35 feet. It's always Eichenhofer and Trey Murphy just draining threes neck and neck. in the practice So gym. close. Yeah, Such that, a tight competition. I think, I think you're you're motivating him. You know, he needs to keep pace with you. Uh, you're yes. just in a polo shirt and khakis just raining threes. So I think it's pretty safe to say you have to be able to beat the website writer in shooting. <laughs> yes. That's definitely part of the... Uh, but not every uh, team yeah, has you a know, website writer like yourself, Jim. That's when they when they bring in guys for draft workouts, if they can't beat me, they just cross them off the list. They're like, oh, this guy's undraftable. Well, that's the thing. Jim can barely write, but he is an absolute <laughs> ringer in the gym. So he was brought here to, you know, uh, write thanks. articles, but, you know, but mostly uh, just drain threes. And, uh, I'm barely literate, <laughs> but I can shoot. The barely literate Jim. That was, that was how, I, how I hyped myself up when I was being interviewed for the job. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't even know if I can... I, I can put a complete sentence together, but yeah. I've, I can make a jumper here. Yeah. He didn't even uh, he didn't even come dressed for the interview. He was just <laughs> leaning back in a chair, just raining one armed shots into a trash can, saying, "I can't read what you got." And uh, the Pelicans hired him on the spot. Now Jim is a great writer as well as a fantastic shooter. We're J.K. in here as the season is over. But uh, you know, and, and Trey Murphy is one of the funniest dudes on the team. I've got to say, he's awesome. like listening yep. to Trey Murphy. He's just so much fun to root for. Uh, mm -hmm. Both you know, finding his game and watching it sort of grow. And then his personality. He's just a fun dude. I noticed when he was a rookie that he seemed to be, you know, there were multiple rookies on the team, but for some reason it seemed like the veteran players gravitated towards hazing him. Yes. But I think some of that was just his attitude. Um, yeah. The other guys are, I mean, Jose's got like an amazing just backstory. Yeah. And Herb is so quiet, just goes about his business. Like you don't want to mess with Herb. Like, right. Right. Leave the guy alone. Don't mess his sweatshirt up. Trey's personality is such that, uh, I remember in particular, Devonte Graham seemed to always have a few words for him as far yeah. as some of the activity, some of the rookie duties that he needed, Trey needed to make sure he got done. He would just look the other way if Herb or Jose didn't do them. But if Trey yeah. were, you know, neglected to take care of something, he was, <laughs> Devonte made sure he knew about it. Yeah. Trey has ingratiated himself both to the team, uh, the fan base. You know, it seems like, like there, there are a lot of new Pelicans fans this season, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to see people that you wouldn't necessarily think of as sports fans. Like, you know, I'm walking down magazine street. There's a hipster with like a beard made of bees wearing a Trey Murphy sweatshirt, you know, and that's just cool yes. to see that they love Herb Jones, the hipsters, and they love Trey Murphy because they love to be ahead of the curve. And those mm -hmm. are the indie dudes, I guess, in the basketball scene to watch because they are emerging. You know, I haven't really thought about it that way, but that is an interesting kind of perspective that he's kind of Trey's kind of like the, the artist that, you know, only the he's really diehards know about. Yeah. And I mean, Get you in know, early. Everybody knows Zion and Brandon Ingram yeah, and CJ McCollum. The pop but, hits. But, <laughs> but Trey is is that guy. I mean, if you were paying attention at the end of the season, too, you saw him have some games that were worthy of, you know, some of the bigger names across yeah. the league. So 
just an outstanding season for him. And I guess I'm glad that we're starting this week with Trey Murphy because it's, it's, you could make the case that that it was one of the it was maybe the most positive developments of the season in terms of the improvement and absolutely that he made. yeah and and same and, and he's he, for one he's just fun to cover for another there's so much of his game to talk about and uh, I could do a four part podcast on Trey Murphy just like a docu series like a mm-hmm. like a true crime person but we got to stick to one a day here so we're gonna bring in our friend and yours Aaron Summers our sideline reporter every home game you can catch her. <laughs> Walking into the studio right now. So let's get to her. Miss Erin Summers. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Joining us live in the Pelican studio. So nice not to be talking to a telephone and to see a real live human being, human contact, Aaron Summers. What's uh, up? It is nice to see you. It seems like forever since the season ended sometimes. I know we're still yeah. in the building sort of doing stuff, but it's it's not the same. And, in a, and we've been in a weird mood, I guess, uh, talking about recapping when we still want to be talking about the playoffs. But you've been busy, as always, of course. We've been seeing your coverage of sort of covering the same stuff. We are season recap yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, no one more fun to talk about than Trey Murphy. I mean, how much fun was he to cover? Trey Murphy is phenomenal in so many different ways yes the personality that he brings he's so engaging with not only his teammates but the media yes you know he's very easy to talk to he's fun to talk to he's honest um great person you know if you really want to get insight on the game to go to and then just the way he plays this year we talked so much about what he wanted to work on over the summer last year and you saw the work that he put in translate immediately at the start of the season 
the way he's able to put the ball on the ground, go to the the hoop, like yes. his dunk ability. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. His routes improved. Yeah. I mean, he just changed his game up so so much, became so much more versatile. And yeah. then even on the defensive end, yes. I feel like he kind of took it's a underrated. step forward. You know, he was the second, uh, second in shot blocking, uh, second in steals on mm-hmm. the team. And I know Herb gets a lot of the, you know, uh, rightfully so, a lot of the shine on that. But he really improved that part of his game sort of uh, under the radar, it seems like. Jim. You know, one of the things that always cracks me up about Trey, when he you mentioned how he's always good in his press conferences and post game when he's kind of recapping the game, he always has that look on his face like he's waiting for somebody to say something he's that's going to set him up. Eye. Yeah. He always, he's like just, he's like ready to pounce always. Yeah. And oh, it yeah. seems like. That's what I like about it. It feels like maybe once or twice every single game, someone will ask a question that like sets him up perfectly. It, I think he, it's, he goes into press conferences with, there's like one or two lines, quips that he has in, in his head mm-hmm. that he's, he's just got waiting like for the on his right. Wrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he does. He kind of gives you the side eye, like yep. in his exit interview. And I did this when he first got here. I asked him about the NCAA tournament and like, yes. they got booted. Virginia lost the first, they were like the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. They lost the first game. So it's yeah. a very sore subject mm-hmm. for him. And somebody asked about the NCAA tournament near the, it was towards like the play in mm-hmm. game stuff. Mm-hmm. And he just gave me the look and I was like, Let's just not talk about that. <laughs> like, I feel like, like you want to tell him, or am I going to do this one? Yeah, I feel like him and CJ. There's just such a great locker room chemistry. Larry Nance. There's so many great verbose, funny yeah. uh, talkers, media savvy. Uh, members of this Pelicans team, but you know, he, he's fun to cover, but also he's great. You know, TM3 joined Kevin Durant as the only two players in, in, in the NBA this season to shoot 60% from two, mm-hmm. 40% from three, 90% free throw line. He's also the youngest player to ever do that at 22 years old. And so, you know, we don't want to get ahead of our skis here and start being like, he's the next Kevin Durant. But mm-hmm. it's fun to have a guy like that as your third fourth option on a team yeah it's 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 pretty uh it's pretty heady time and how about the fact that he did it did that in his second year to be in the company of kevin durant i feel like sometimes i forget how young he is too i mean or just the fact that i mean he didn't play a ton as a rookie so you think about the strides that he made from his rookie year to his second year yeah it's so it's really exciting just to think about the potential and promise that he has. I think he's still growing into his game because mm-hmm. he didn't really start playing until later. You know, he grew, he grew. Like that's what we're talking about. I mean, he had to so, he had to figure out his new body. Yeah, you know? so like he, he was, he was not do. that tall for the majority of his basketball career, yeah. and he said he didn't even start dunking until he was a senior in high school. Right, like he just couldn't. Yeah, you right. know, so there's so many elements of just like his physical body and getting used to playing that getting, I think we're still going to see yeah. him grow a lot. Yeah. When, when you saw him during the exit interviews, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there in person, but I, I watched it um, after the fact. You're there in spirit, my friend. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you feel like that he even seemed a little bit um, taken aback about the strides that he made or what some of the stuff that he was able to do by the end of the season in terms of. 40-point games, 10 three-pointers, almost set the franchise record for threes. I mean, do you feel like even from his standpoint that he's a little bit like ahead of where he thought maybe he would be at this point in his career? Absolutely. I remember speaking to him before the All-Star weekend, before the dunk contest, all that stuff, and and he was like, it's wild for me to be – 
going to the rising stars game to be in the dunk contest. Like you said, mm-hmm. I didn't start dunking until, you know, senior year of high school. Like there, these are things that like, I never even thought I would be able to do. Yeah. He never even thought he was going to play in the NBA for right. a long time. And I was like gaining a superpower. I could dunk now. Yeah. And now he's like in very elite company in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And so I think, yeah, I mean, he said, he's like, it's a really cool story. Like if you step mm-hmm. back and from the outside, look at the progress that he's made, the leaps that he's made from high school to college. And he started at Rice and then he yeah. transfers to Virginia. Then he's like, you know what? I, maybe I could do this as a, as a career, you know, like it's really cool. The, but it, it, I think it's like a testament to, you know, him deciding like I can do this yes. and like putting the work in and that's why I think he's just going to continue to get better. Well, it just seems like a, as his tool bag grows, it's just basically limited to his imagination and picking up that skill set. He got taller. He got stronger. Yeah. He figured out he can go to the rim. And now you can draw up plays where he's cutting and slashing. You don't just have to have him spot up three. And and he, you have to account for him basically everywhere on the floor. You'd like to see him get a little bit more of a mid-range. That's nitpicky. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you got B.I. for the mid-range. You got Zion in the paint. And you got Trey doing basically whatever he wants wherever on the floor it's just a fantastic uh thing to see him sort of like figuring out what he is now able to do in real time Mm -hmm. i I think some of his background too it kind of makes sense of why sometimes that he was kind of hesitant to take shots with guys in his face or take three pointers from deep when he wasn't necessarily totally open if there was one thing that seemed like a theme in terms of the message from his teammates and the coaches and everyone really was don't be afraid to shoot like don't hesitate we, we believe in every time you shoot that it's going to go in. And it, I feel like maybe his background, like he w- obviously he wasn't super highly recruited based on the fact that he ended up at Rice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no offense to Rice, but it's not, yeah. you know, a prestigious a powerhouse. Like, yeah, like yeah. A North Carolina mm-hmm. or something like that. Shout so out. Um, had to say that for Aaron, with Aaron being here. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just I, I feel like it's kind of understandable that it's a it was a process for him to get to the point of realizing like it's okay for me to take 12 three-pointers in a game even if if I start out a game 2 for 10 I still should take the next 5 that come to right. me right and he he talked about how he got more comfortable with people in his face mm-hmm. you know shooting regardless like if he saw the rim like he would shoot you know like mm-hmm. or if there was a little bit of daylight he was comfortable putting the ball on the ground and going downhill yes. instead yeah. of trying to force something or passing the ball off. So adding that other element to his game made him more of a threat because the defense had to be ready for him to either shoot from outside or go by them. So, I mean, you know, they couldn't play him as probably tight on the perimeter, you know? So it's, you know, he did a lot for himself too. And I think as it continued, as he continued to see the the, the ball, you know, fall he got more confident yeah, and I mean that, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about I mean obviously we saw the growth from him on the floor we mm-hmm. got to see his game change and and he came into the league uh you know cocky and 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 uh, and fun but did you see any difference from him this season sort of off the court behind the scenes so I think there is a lot more growth that took place for him mentally in year one mm-hmm. if you think about it in March of his rookie season he was playing in the G League mm-hmm. yeah Like he was in Birmingham Mm -hmm. and he was not happy about it, you know, and you mentioned it like he, he is a little cocky. Mm -hmm. And I think that he had to kind of swallow some of that pride and 
put in the actual work and catch up to the level that yeah. the NBA is, you know, like Virginia is a great basketball program, but their game is very, the way they play is very different than yes. how they play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so I think him, he had to figure out, you know, defensively what that looks like. Yeah. And then he had to get comfortable in his offensive game, how he can be more aggressive Um and it was a lot for him that first season. Yeah. I mean, there are conversations that I had with him where I was like, God, I just want to give you a hug. Like, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. You know, you can just see it in his face sometimes. And this year, you know, he was just kind of walking around like a little more like yeah. the chest he, puffed he out a little more. He yeah. here. Like, like, he, he sort of feels like he belongs instead of trying to find his place. It's a huge mental shift you got to right. take. Yeah. I thought one of the interesting things about his rookie year, too, was it was kind of a shock in terms of the regular season because if you think back – he, he rolled right into summer league and was awesome, was one of the best players in summer league. Yeah. In preseason, right. he was yep. on fire. Yep. So the whole time when preseason ended, I was like, he's going to go in and make a huge impact, and it didn't happen. So that was a really tough adjustment, I'm sure, mentally for him right. and emotionally to realize, like, you know, this maybe this, at that point you were thinking based on the first few months of him as a pro, everything was going great, and then all of a sudden now you're not making shots. And yeah. You're, and you're just struggling to do what you've done for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, I think a lot of us were like, let Trey play. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. saw the glimpses mm-hmm. of this, but I think it was the right move to, you know, have him go through some of those growing pains his rookie year. And then even like CJ McCollum had his podcast early this past year where he talked to Trey Murphy, he talked about Trey, and he was like, Trey is going to be as good as he wants to be. Like, he just has to put in the work. Yeah, like, really he just has to, to decide – that that's what he's going to do because physically he has the body that, you know, would be perfect for everything that we've seen him do. His skill set fits any NBA it, Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just a matter of, of what he decides he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, CJ's been around. Like, he, he knows the game very well. Yeah. And he speaks so highly of Trey and his ability to play. You have most improved player winner, Lori Markinen. Uh, you know, he he got that way. I guess uh, the most recognition was from, he's a fifth-year player. You know, he's been around mm-hmm. a little bit. He had that awkward sort of stint with the Bulls and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of started to come on and, and really broke out this year. And, and most of it was offense. He got recognized for uh, being the first NBA player with 200 threes and over 100 dunks in a single season. Trey Murphy wasn't that far off. Trey Murphy's 22 in his second season. He had 202 threes and 85 dunks. Yeah. And uh, we just saw the uptick in his usage this season. I think it's very attainable for Trey Murphy to get those kind of numbers and maybe be seeing most improved player. Now, how much of that would you attribute to him sort of accidentally being foisted into the lineup? I mean, he wasn't supposed to get those starter minutes. Those are supposed to be Zion's minutes. It was sort of an accidental growth spurt. I mean, how much would you attribute his growth to sort of being forced into the role? Yeah, I mean, he had the opportunity and he seized it Yeah, and he made the most of it. And that's what you have to do in the league. Like you're not going to be handed minutes. Mm -hmm. And when he got them, he was effective. He ended up starting 65 of 79 games played 79 tied Jonas Valanciunas for the most played this season. I mean, he was very reliable and he wasn't really nicked up. You know, Jonas had yeah. to deal with a lot of injuries right. and stuff. We talked about, you know, CJ playing a lot of games, nicked up and stuff. But Trey Murphy was, you know, steady pretty much the whole season. Fingers crossed that yeah. that continues. But he played reliable. over 30 minutes a game. So that was, you know, higher than what Jonas was able to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he went from scoring five points a game to over 15 a game. Like his 
yes, he doubled his usage, I mm-hmm. guess, but he was very productive. Yeah, he also doubled his points. Like he, More he, than, was, he yeah. was efficient in those right. minutes. And then I guess that's what, I, you know, Jim, is, is that, do you think that's going to continue? Uh, it, I mean, I see no reason for Trey Murphy to be slowing down. Yeah, I mean, to your guys' point, his percentages increased across the board. So, yeah, right, he played yeah. more minutes, and, yeah, he got more shots, but he did a lot more with was efficient. relatively Very, yeah. with the shots that he got. So, you know, by the way, too, I think he really just came on too late to be part of the the serious most improved player conversation. Yeah. I do think that Markinen no not only was the most improved player in the league this year, but he might have had the most – improvement I've ever seen from a guy like four or five years into his career in the, in the last 20 years. Yeah, I so, sort of thought I knew what Laurie Markkinen was. Right. Serviceable. It was going to be tough to beat him out, I guess yeah, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. But Trey, I think Trey, by the time that he made a big jump, which was really the second half of the season was the most prominent part of Trey improving. People had already decided like, okay, here, here are the right. three or four guys that have a chance for most improved player. Yeah. Markkinen's probably going to win it, but here's the other guys. So I thought Trey actually could have been a nominee, but it was kind of just a little bit too late. But yeah. it, in terms of but he's next, twenty-two, there's lots of time, right? In terms of next season, though, I mean, I definitely think that he has a chance to make another big jump. If we start to see um, him have games like he had against the Clippers, where he made ten three pointers, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying that he needs to do that once a week or or whatever. But if you start to see him put together some of the games he had in the last couple of months of the season from the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. you're going to see his scoring average and everything just continue to spike from where it was this year. How much do you think he surprised people in the dunk contest? I mean, he, I think he surprised himself in the dunk contest a <laughs> yeah. little bit. It seemed like I rem- we were talking about it beforehand. I remember when he was just sort of talking about working on a double clutch dunk, like in the, in the lab. And then he pulled it out in the dunk contest, yeah. but now he pulls out like every other game. It's just a part of his arsenal. It just seems like he figures out a fun thing he can do. And then he's like, Oh yeah, now I can do this. It's fun like watching from the, you know, where I sit, like close to the bench, close to the court. Like I can see him a lot. It's kind of like laughing, so, yeah. you know, at himself sometimes. Like man, I just did that or like, you know, yeah. if it's like someone hits him for an alley or like there's a great pass or or whatever it is, he just kind of like he's like a little kid still in that. Like yeah. he's having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you mentioned, he's he's surprising himself still. And I think that's where his confidence will continue to grow. And maybe he will start next season, you know, where he left off this year, right? Like a yeah. little bit more mm-hmm. confident, consistent from the jump. You know, one of the coolest things to me when I look back at his participation in the dunk contest, besides the fact that he incorporated Jose and Grant yes, Alvarado, yes, it was so is great. the fact that I think in a lot of ways – Trey wasn't necessarily by that point in the season when he was selected by January, he wasn't necessarily known around the league as like some no. amazing dunker. Right. But his this kind of ties into his personality. I think his his individual campaign that he ran where he would mention like, hey, I want to be in the dunk contest. Yes. I think that was a big part of him getting picked. And if you're the league, if you're the NBA, you have to love that in an era when a lot of guys are like, eh, I don't, don't think I want to do, do the dunk yes. contest. You have somebody who's consistently saying like, yeah, put me in there. I want to be in there. I want to be in the three point contest and the dunk contest. So that part again, going, just going back to the kind of person he is and why he's likable. It's just, it was just refreshing. I think to see somebody who was so all in on just being part of it. And, and that yeah. was his breakout for that. a lot of people. That was first yeah. time a lot of like casual fans got yeah. to see him. And now when they hear about Trey Murphy having those good games, like, Oh, the dunk contest guy, if they yeah. are casual. Yeah. I love that. He wasn't super gimmicky either. You know, yeah. like he mm-hmm. was, it was really impressive, just dunks. Like, yeah. 
Uh, the one thing he did with Jose, I remember he was practicing that after a practice and the media was around waiting for interviews and Larry came over and he was like, if I see this anywhere, like I'm coming for you, like yeah. pointing to yeah. all the media, Good. you know, Good. we need a goon. That, that's that. That was worth the reveal. Uh, you know, another thing I, I got to say before we let you go, that makes me feel uh, much better about Trey Murphy is that, uh, you know, I, I feel like the Grizzlies are a bit of a rival now and it, somehow Dylan Brooks almost has me rooting for LeBron. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's I'm just, not there yet. it's funny to think that uh, we traded and as part of that Jonas trade, the pick swap of 10 and 17 got that 17th pick, got Trey Murphy with that pick. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies got Zaire Williams, who's barely played. Yeah. Just, just saying. I just like to be petty. Man, I love Trey Murphy. And he gives me a lot of, and I am I am not going to curse, but ish. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like every day. I'm like, what? <laughs> what's it going to be today, Trey? Like, yeah. you going to be nice to me today or not? And um, I just, I appreciate his, his dad sticking up for me because his, yes. his dad has, Needs has told to Trey to be nicer to me. And <laughs> Good. so just love the whole family. They're great. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> I'm about to say, we'll have to, we'll have to start bringing Jim around when, uh, when Trey's there just to be your muscle, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see, uh, Aaron, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast with us. Great to actually have you in the building. Uh, great to be talking Trey Murphy, but thank you for joining us. And I have a feeling we'll be talking to you again soon. Hmm, Foreshadowing. Big thanks to Aaron Summers, a busy bee, as always, buzzing about the facility, uh, as it is, a, it is a crazy time in the quote-unquote off-season. Uh, you know, as we uh, continue this series, going to be fun to talk about the players ahead. It really is, and I think this might have been the longest uh, episode we had so far. We we did almost oh, talk about him for forever. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it, it's, it was a great story this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do next season. And I think his opportunities are only going to increase yeah. in terms of showing his ability on the floor. Yeah, for sure. He showed no reason to slow it down now. Uh, you know, I got to talk a little bit about the playoffs because, uh, you know, I'm still watching it. I'm still uh, sort of uh, jealously watching it. It was crazy to watch the Bucks go down like that. Wasn't it, Jim? It I really mean, I know was. it's a little old now, but uh, yeah, just shocking. No, I think it was kind of a sad moment for New Orleans basketball fans because obviously I think there's the – Two elements of a lot of people want to root for Milwaukee because they're a small market, especially. Mm -hmm. And Giannis compared, is fun. Yeah, Giannis Drew. is great. Giannis is, I, I consider Giannis and Damian Lillard kind of the patron saints of small markets because yeah. they've been in the with the same team in a, in a non-glamorous city for a long time, and yep. they never complain. They seem ex extremely happy to be there, mm -hmm. and um, so I, I appreciate that a lot. And also, the obviously, the factor with Drew Holiday being in Milwaukee, I know – a lot of people around here were happy to see him yeah. win a championship a of couple of years ago. Much deserved. And it, I was just shocked, though, the fact that the Heat were able to knock them off. I mean, just so handily. I think that's what yes. I what, what's shocking about mm -hmm. it. Is, look, I, I I love Jimmy Butler. I love uh, this, just the mentality he brings to the game. And I expected them to make a series of – I did not expect them to just blow the Bucks out of and, the water. And I ha I'd have to look this up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure of the eight seeds that have beaten one seeds, there haven't been that many – but it's never been in five games or less. So that yeah. was the most decisive series victory. I was stunned. I mean, I think everyone was. I, I thought there's no way that Miami can even necessarily hang around and even go seven games. Not yeah. only did they 
do that, but they won the series Ooh, in five. Yeah. So and, and it's it's and it's not like they you look at their roster and you're like, how do you overcome that with the Heat? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really just Jimmy Butler right. going full God mode and the Bucks having no answer for it. Uh, you know, I, I I often talk about you know how Jimmy Butler just that that old school almost eighties basketball mentality. Yeah. But man, when he turns it on, it's just scary to watch. And now. Man, look out for the Heat. Uh, who knows what could happen in these playoffs? It's just so wide open. I think that's another reason why we've been so frustrated talking about the end of the Pell season, whether it be the East, whether it be the Western Conference. It just seems like who knows what's going to happen in yeah. these playoffs. I mean, who thought that there was going to be a second-round series between the Heat and the Knicks, too? Yeah. So, I mean, it. there's been a lot of stuff that's happened that's been fun. I mean, it, it's been – I thought the first round was really entertaining. There were so many good – games you know there was a couple series that weren't that great but for the most part there were a lot of entertaining basketball games and uh a lot of games that went down to the end so it was a lot of fun but i I would say definitely the bucks getting knocked out was the most stunning thing that happened in in the first round i was uh i was shocked so i guess we'll continue to watch these playoffs and uh and see what happens we will continue to do these player uh wrap-ups as we as you will tomorrow we will have Jose Alvarado, uh, Mr. Larry Nance will be our subject on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday will be Najee Marshall, and then Friday we'll be wrapping it up with the Aussie, Mr. Dyson Daniels. So, Jim, thanks again for uh, helping this old dog out through another podcast. Well, thank you, Joe. It's been fun so far, and we've got a little bit more ways to go. And before we finally put a bow on the season, and then we'll be talking about the draft lottery not yeah. that far after that. And by the way, Jim is uh, is driving again now. So if you see uh, the, the car Dragula that Rob Zombie used to drive just rolling down airline, that's Jim. Just get out of the way, man. I paid uh, a good penny for that that vehicle, too. I yeah. I'll tell you. I, well, yeah. it's just because he's friends with Rob Zombie, too. But that's just Jim. Uh, he's a metal animal. Uh, we will talk to you once again. What? Tomorrow? Yes, we will. And we will be talking about Jose Alvarado then. So until then, go Bell! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.